Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. This is episode 30. Um, We've got quite a bit to talk about. We're going to talk lots of basketball. I'm going to put a little bit of a bow on the tech football season, and we're going to get into some NFL um, discussion. And we've got one listener question this week we're going to talk about, and then we will end with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So, um, I'm recording this right before Tech basketball tips off against Kansas. Uh, Tech uh, did get back into action this week against Iowa State, and they were severely shorthanded. They were uh, down to seven players, but really they they comported themselves very well, those seven players. Um, they were in the game uh, the entire time. They should have, honestly, you hit a few of those missed free throws that they missed this team would have won in uh, Ames, Iowa on Wednesday. And, you know, Iowa State has certainly bubbled up to the top this year um, in the Big 12. I don't think anybody expected them to be as good as they are. But, you know, Tech, um, you know, had had opportunities Wednesday night, even with uh, being shorthanded with seven players. Uh, they just could not, unfortunately, get it done. Um, and so, uh, you know, this we've talked about this last few weeks this opening part of the Big 12 schedule is is a bit brutal for Tech. Uh, you know, they'll play Kansas today, and then they'll play Baylor on Tuesday, and then uh, then they get Oklahoma State Thursday, and then Kansas State uh, Saturday. So you get, uh, you get a lot of games uh, coming at you pretty quickly. You know, these first three games are a little bit of a murderer's row, um, and then I think you get a little bit of a break with Oklahoma State, Kansas State. I mean, those two should – should be winnable games, um, but you know, I, you can't assume any any games are winnable in the Big Twelve. Um, but you know, um, it sounds like they're going to get uh, some of the players back today. Um, a, a lot of these players were out with the COVID stuff. Um, you know, again, and uh, you know, I might hack some people off here, uh, but. You know, we need to end this this testing of of players that are asymptomatic. Um, you know, and, and my my question is, with all of these players that were out on Wednesday, were they asymptomatic or not? And if they were asymptomatic, why are we testing them? Um, you know, and I I mean I get testing players that are symptomatic, um, and you know obviously holding them out, but I just think it's it's just it's madness and. I think we're seeing, you know, we're seeing the consequences of that all across college basketball with multiple games, game cancellations, things like that. And, you know, it, you know, to me, if the player is asymptomatic, why are we testing them? I think the NFL is is heading in that direction as well. Um, you know, I, I wish college basketball would head in that direction or we're going to see, you know, continued postponements, cancellations, things like that. Um, hold on. I just got a breaking news tweet. Let me a little bit back and look. So it looks like uh, no TJ Shannon. That's not a surprise. Um, and then no Kevin McCuller. He's still out. And I think he was. he's not out with COVID. He's out with an injury. injury. Uh, looks like 10 bodies for this one. Um, Sadar Calhoun not out there. So we're, we're getting three more additional bodies um, today. Um, that'll be helpful. I, I still think it's going to be a tough go for Tech against Kansas without TJ Shannon because um, I mean he's he's your scorer you're gonna have to have players like O'Banner uh, Davion Warren Bryson Williams they're gonna have to step up and they're gonna have to score points uh, a lot in a lot higher frequency than they have been 
uh, you know, this year, quite frankly. So, um, you know, but I, this team's going to battle and we know that, um, you know, the defense is just, I mean, the defense is just beautiful to watch from this tech basketball team. And, you know, I, I love good basketball defense. I mean, I grew up in El Paso with, you know, Don Haskins and the bear and, you know, defense, it was all about defense. So, um, you know, the defense is going to show up to play. Um, you just, you just got to find, you got to find more points. And when you get to the free throw line, you got to nail those free throws a lot higher frequency than they did Wednesday. So, well, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, the, this, this team very well could start 0-3 in Big 12 conference play. Doesn't mean that their season's over. Doesn't mean no NCAA tournament because I think, you know, um, you know, this team is going to do enough to get into the NCAA tournament. I think the challenge is going to be if you don't have TJ Shannon, you're probably not going to be a very high seed. You're looking at an 8-9, you know, seed at that point. With TJ Shannon and McCuller in there, you know, I think this team can get up to a four or five or, you know, even a three seed if they if they get hot at the right time. So, uh, but should be a fun game to watch. It's going to be on ESPN2 here at, at three o'clock uh, Texas time. So tune in, um, you know, and I, I've started to watch, by the way, this, this is a bonus tip of the week. I've started to watch a lot of games just on mute and it's a game changer. Um, because you know the majority of commentators just they just like to hear their own voices, and you know not not they don't make it very enjoyable. So I miss out on a lot of the stupidity from the commentators uh, when you put it on mute. So extra tip of the week for you. Um, so let's talk a little bit uh, just overall Big Twelves thus far. Um, you know, it, as expected, Kansas Kansas is strong, Baylor strong. As unexpected, Iowa State is strong, and and you know it. It's not unexpected that Iowa State can put themselves back uh, into you know contention in the Big Twelve. I mean, I think you know they they fallen they fell on hard times pretty quickly. I'm I'm just I'm more surprised that it happened as quickly as they did. I mean, this is a this is an Iowa State team that did not win a single conference game last year. Um, and they're, you know, they've, they've rebuilt it back up, uh, pretty quickly. So, um, you know, Texas is undefeated right now, but don't pay attention to that. Um, they've, they played a shorthanded West Virginia team. They played a K state team that was as shorthanded as tech was Wednesday night. And also didn't have a bunch of their coaches, including their head coach. And they were able to pull it out. And then they're going to play Oklahoma state who basically, They've been in and out of COVID stuff, and uh, I think they're honestly mentally checked out of the season because they're not going to be able to make the NCAA tournament. So they're probably going to be three and zero today, and you're going to have idiots like John Rothstein, you know, anoint them as national championship contenders. Pay no attention to that because um, there's also still a lot of uh, rumblings of off the court issues, and they're kind of getting tired of Country Club Judas Beard's antics. The players are so. Um, you know, we'll see what they look like when they play the top tier teams, including February 1st. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens um, again. You know, if the seven play, if the 10 play like the seven did on Wednesday, this team's going to have a chance to win today. Um, but, you know, it's still going to be a little bit of a tough row. And, 
you know, hopefully fans don't fall apart if this team's 0-2 in the Big 12. Some some fans will, uh, but, you know, that that's that's just what happens. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with this game today. Um, you know, again, we just need to quit this testing of asymptomatic people. Um, it's, it's madness, um, but, uh, you know, the NFL, I think, is going to head in that direction. We'll see if college basketball follows suit. I think some programs would want to follow suit. Pac-12 schools probably won't, <laughs> um, but they're they're insane as it is. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with all of that. Um, let's talk a little bit. Wrap up on tech football uh, season. Um, not. A, I don't have a whole lot on tech football. I do want to just make a couple of comments. And then we're going to talk coaching grades as far as coaching hires uh, for this college football offseason. So, you know, last Saturday night, um, I watched the Sugar Bowl with Baylor and Ole Miss. And Baylor ended up winning the the Sugar Bowl. So congratulations to them. And, and it's again, it's amazing to uh, watch what Baylor's done. And this is a team that um, you know, they, they rebuilt again, you know, they had only, I think like a two, two or three win season back in 2020. They come back, they win the big 12, they win the sugar bowl. They're flying high. And the good news for tech football is the players they're flying high with. Many of them were recruited by Joey McGuire, our new head coach. So, um, and I, that, that excites me quite a bit, but you know, there's no reason three years down the road, that Tech couldn't be in that same position as Baylor going to a Sugar Bowl. And I, and I hope Tech fans start to have that mindset that that Tech can get to that point. Um, you know, I think there's still a lot of mindset among Tech football fans that there's a very low ceiling for football. And, you know, I think that's a shame. I think, you know, we're, we're limiting ourselves because – there's no reason that Tech can't replicate what Baylor's done and and win win Big Twelve championships, go to the Sugar Bowl, win the Sugar Bowl, and you know I hope hope we have those expectations of our football program. Now I'm not saying you know next year I expect us to go to the Sugar Bowl because um, I, I you know I understand it's a process, but I, I certainly think that you know two, you know three years from now that should be our expectation. Um, and especially with the recruiting that I think Joey McGuire can do, I think that's certainly possible that Tech can can have a run like Baylor has had this year. So, you know, just just kind of remember that um, as we go as we go into this off season. Um, let's talk a little bit about coaching grades. You know, this week has uh, they've released a lot of your publications, CBS Sports, ESPN. They've released coaching grades. Uh, they're grading the hires of uh, the, you know, coaching vacancies um, this season. Um, the one I read recently was CBS Sports. And uh, interesting to me, they gave they gave McGuire, the McGuire hire a C, but then they spoke real highly of Joey McGuire. So I think, honestly, that's a little bit too low of a grade. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking at what Tech was, was wanting in their next football coach, I think McGuire fills it. Um, and so I would give it a B, B plus, A minus. I think the big drawback with Joey McGuire right now is the unknowns. Um, this is someone that's he's never been a coordinator. He's never been a head coach. 
But what he's proven in his time as a college coach is he can recruit high-quality players. Again, many of those players that just won the Sugar Bowl with Baylor were recruited by Joey McGuire. And, you know, to me, that has been a deficient uh, that Tech has had. It's not just from the Matt Wells era. Going back to Cliff uh, Kingsbury is Tech has not done a very good job of recruiting and specifically recruiting the state of Texas. And I think Joey McGuire is going to fix that problem. He's already in the midst of fixing that problem. I mean, he he took this this recruiting class from the 70s to the 40s just in basically six weeks of work. Um, a Tech's recruiting class for next year right now, last I looked, it was listed as the number four recruiting class in the nation and the number one in the Big 12. And so, I, you know, to me, McGuire is addressing – some of the huge deficiencies that this football program has had. Now, you know, can he in-game coach in-game X's and O's? You know, that that's that's to be seen. I think he's made some solid hires on the coordinator end of things. I think we've got two really good uh, coordinators coming in, in uh, Kitley and, and uh, DeRoyter, you know. So, uh, you know, that, that part is going to be – uh, wait and see, but you know beyond that, you know let's let's see what happens as far as um, you know the recruiting and do these recruits pan out? Which I think you know I I think more more often than not they will. So, um, so the, uh, as far as other coaching uh, higher grades, you know I would the the ones I'd give like A plus to I think, and this is gonna hack off OU fans. I think Lincoln Riley going to USC, that's an A-plus for the USC program. Um, I think he's going to do very well there. Um, You know, again, the Pac-12 is – I mean, for the second year in a row, they didn't win a single bowl game. Um, And so I think the the Pac-12 is ripe for the picking for USC to dominate that and then roll that into playoff appearances in the college football playoff. Now – Will they do anything once they get to the college football playoff? Well, we'll see. Um, but I think that was a solid hire by Oklahoma. Um, this one's a little bit out of the box, um, but Jerry Kill being hired at New Mexico State, I think that was a A-plus hire for New Mexico State. You know, Jerry Kill is a very good coach. He's had some health issues when he was at Minnesota um, but, you know, I think that that's going to be a good hire for New Mexico State. I think the uh, Sonny Dykes TCU hire, unfortunately, for us as Tech fans, I think that was a good hire. I would probably put that in an A minus B plus. Um, Sonny Dykes is a good coach. He's, he's shown to be a good recruiter. Um, the big question mark is going to be, um, is his record in a, as a power conference head coach going to be better than it was at Cal. Um, He didn't do very well at Cal um, pretty much down the stretch. He had a a couple good seasons, but down the stretch had some really rough seasons. Was that more about Pac-12 deficiency, Cal-Berkeley deficiency, or was that more about Sonny Dykes not being able to coach Power 5 at a Power 5 conference? I think it's more more of the former than the latter. I think Sonny Dykes is a solid coach. Um, I think the problem he's going to run into 
is he succeeding the man? And the man was Gary Patterson at TCU. And um, can he work his way out of that shadow quickly? Um, you know, we'll see. But I, I, I still think that was a pretty, pretty solid hire on the part of, um, you know, TCU. I think the ones that the jury's still out on, Florida with Billy Napier. Billy Napier has proven himself to be a very good coach at a mid-major school. Can he parlay that in the SEC with Florida? Because Florida has made some hires and, you know, the first couple years it looks like it's going to be great. They're flying high. You know, McIlwain comes to mind. You know, Will Muschamp I think even had a couple good seasons at Florida. Uh, Mullen, Dan Mullen, the one that they just fired, uh, that, you know, he had a couple good seasons too, and then it just all of a sudden falls apart. Um, is that going to happen with Billy Napier? You know, that – that's going to be interesting to to watch and see what happens there. Uh, I think Oklahoma's hire of Venables, I think that's going to be an interesting jury still out situation. And it's funny for me to say that, and I know some of my listeners gonna be are laughing about that because um, when Cliff was fired, I was all in on bringing Brent Venables to Tech as our head coach. And, you know, it just it became clear he didn't he he wasn't going to come here. And so, you know, when when Wells got fired, I, I didn't even think about Venables at that point. So it's kind of funny for me to say that now. Uh, well, you know, I don't know how good he's going to do at Oklahoma. Um, you know, I, I and, and again, good at Oklahoma is a little bit of a different level. Um, you know, is he going to is he going to be able to dominate? these last few years in the big 12, if there's last few years in the big 12, are they going to be any sort of relevant in the sec? That's going to be interesting to watch, um, with that hire at Oklahoma. Um, the Notre Dame coach, the new Notre Dame coach that they hired and his name escapes me right now. Um, I think that's a jury still out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, what he can do there. Brian Kelly at LSU. Um, another one, I'm interested to see how how that goes. You know, Brian Kelly is a good coach. Um, you know, you look at what he did at Notre Dame, and, and especially you look at what the coaches that preceded him at Notre Dame did. Brian Kelly did some good stuff at Notre Dame. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can replicate that at an SEC school because, you know, there's there's been a lot of coaches, even Power 5 coaches, that go to the SEC and it's a disaster. Is it going to be like that with Brian Kelly? Hopefully, his performance on the field is better than his horrible Southern accent that he attempted off the field. So um, that'll be interesting to see. But the, those are the those are the kind of the big coaching hires that uh, um, you know, kind of kind of looking at. I'm trying to think if the if there was any other uh, big ones. You know, obviously uh, Washington. And Washington State hired new coaches. Uh, you know, the Pac-12 is just a mess. And they're in trouble. And I think four or five years from now, we're talking demise of, demise of the Pac-12. Um, they are just, even with all of the instability that the Big 12 has had, the Big 12 is a better conference than the Pac-12. And... You know, I think they made I think they made a big mistake in not trying to expand and bringing in Tech and Oklahoma State into the Pac-12, and 
I think they're going to be paying for it in a few years. And the Big 12 is going to be in a position to pick off some Pac-12 teams in a few years. And that that's why I feel like let's stand pat at, at 12 right now, Big 12. Don't go after Boise State, San Diego State. Stand pat. Wait for this Pac-12 house of cards to collapse and then you're going to be in a position to get some quality teams because there are quality teams in the Pac-12. Um, unfortunately, you've got other teams that don't care about winning, um, and they've made that very clear um, in their decision-making process. So um, it's, that's going to be interesting and fun to watch how all that's going to uh, go down. And it's going to be really interesting to watch from the perspective of the Big 12 because – you know, with Texas and Oklahoma gone, and we've talked about there are certainly negatives with that, that's allowed some stabilization of the Big 12 because you don't, you know, with the 12 programs that are in the Big 12, that are going to be in the Big 12, you don't have other pro, I don't think you're going to have any other programs looking to undercut the Big 12 or try and control the Big 12 or looking to leave the Big 12. Now, certainly if the SEC calls tomorrow Lubbock, Texas, and calls Kirby and says, hey, we want to invite you, absolutely we go. But I don't see that necessarily happening. So, um, But it'll be interesting to watch a Pac-12 situation. I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, big hires that, that took place. Big 10, I don't think there were any big, big hires uh, – ACC. Oh, well, yeah, I'll talk uh, this one, and I'll, I'm going to grade this as a low grade. Um, the Miami um, hiring uh, Mario Cristobal, I think that's going to blow up. Miami is just – it's not the program that it was in the 80s and then in the early 2000s. And, you know, I I did not like the way that they treated Manny Diaz, basically, um, you know, searching for his replacement – while he was under contract and you know Mario Cristobal needs to know that 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 could very uh clearly be him in a few years and you know so I I don't think that's going to work out very well for Miami um it's going to be interesting uh with the ACC Florida State they may be in the market for a new coach next year it's been pretty shocking to see how far Florida State has fallen uh, past few years I mean that was a storied program and you know I don't know if it's I've, I've heard a lot of it is they're not spending on facilities the way other programs are um, you know maybe that's what Jimbo Fisher saw the writing on the wall and then he was able to get A&M to throw a whole bunch of money at him to leave but uh, it has not it has not been a good situation uh, post Jimbo Fisher and really Jimbo Fisher's last season there wasn't very good either so be interesting to watch uh, that situation. Um, the SEC, uh, you know, we talked Florida. Um, I don't think there were any other coaching changes in the SEC. Well, LSU, we talked LSU. So um, Auburn will be interesting um, if Brian Harson can can write the ship there. I think they're already you know calling for his head. Auburn's an interesting uh, place. Um, they they have very high expectations. And they've they've had coaches meet those expectations, but they've also had 
uh, coaches fail spectacularly, spectacularly. And, you know, Auburn was a football program that, you know, they had Gene Chizik uh, and Cam Newton. They won a national championship in 2011. And then just a few years later, they, they fire him. Um, so, and then, you know, that's just interesting, interesting uh, situation. So, uh, but we'll keep an eye. Uh, you know, football is kind of dying down right now. I have really no, honestly, I have really no interest in the national championship on Monday. I expect Alabama will win again, um, but I, I, I probably will not even watch the game. And I think the ratings are going to be pretty terrible overall for the game. So um, hopefully what that will turn into is it'll be an opportunity for the college football playoff committee to look around and say, you know what, maybe we now need to expand um, and go go to eight or possibly 16 teams. Who knows? Be interesting to see what, what direction they go in the offseason with playoff expansion. So let's talk some NFL action. We've got – uh, it feels weird on Saturday to say this, but both the Cowboys and the Chiefs are playing today. Um, I don't know how meaningful these games are going to end up being. Um, we've got the Chiefs playing the Broncos first. They're, gonna, they're playing coming up pretty quickly, so I'll be kind of keeping my eye on that and the Tech game at the same time. Um, the Chiefs lost a pretty uh, brutal heartbreaker to Cincinnati um, last Sunday. And it knocked them knocked them out of the one seed. Uh, it vaults Tennessee up to the one seed, and the Chiefs can still get the one seed, but they're going to need some help. Uh, chiefly, they're going to ha- they're going to need to hope that the Texan that the Chiefs win today, which I think they probably will. The Broncos aren't very good, and I suspect uh, Vic Fangio is probably um, out the door uh, pretty soon here. Um, but then they're gonna need they're gonna need the Texans to beat the Titans, which they did already once this season. So there's hope, but I don't know. It'd be it'd be kind of wild. Um, I think the good news for the Chiefs is um, if they don't get the one seed, yeah, they're gonna have to play the wild card weekend. That stinks. Um, but if they have to go to Tennessee, um. In the in a potential AFC Championship game matchup, I think that's certainly winnable. Um, I'd prefer to be the number one seed and not have to leave Arrowhead, but I still think the Chiefs going into the playoffs have still have a very solid chance of winning the AFC Championship again. So um, we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch what happens. Uh, the Cowboys, they lost, uh, they laid an egg against the Cardinals. And congratulations to Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, they, that was a, definitely a, a must win for the Cardinals. Not for the playoffs. They were already in the playoffs, but they needed to stop the bleeding uh, with their losing streak that they had. They were on at that point. So, um, so the Cowboys pretty much have knocked themselves out of the one seed race. I think there's somewhat of a possibility, but you got to have a, a bunch of teams lose in front of you. Um, and so seeding wise, the Cowboys could finish from two all the way to four, uh, depending on results. I, um, it's good. This, this will be an interesting game because there's gonna be a lot of backups playing on uh, both sides. Um, Philadelphia uh, still, I think they, uh, they've either clinched the playoffs or they still have a shot at the playoffs. Um, and so, but they're pretty much locked in. I think 
they would be locked in at the seven seed. Um, you know, the Cowboys, I think, are in a little bit more trouble playoff-wise. Um, you know, certainly it looks like Green Bay is going to be the odds-on favorite in the NFC. I'm still not sold on them, though, um, because I've seen Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packer teams have great regular seasons and then they flame out in the playoffs. Um, I'm still I'm still really high on the Rams and the, and I just I don't know I'm high on them and I, I think they could they could go on a run and and now we'll get to the Super Bowl stuff in a second but I don't think if they go to the Super Bowl they'll be playing a home game so stay tuned for that commentary a little bit later um, and you know Tampa Bay seems to be falling apart that Antonio Brown situation I mean what a what an utter mess that was on Sunday um so they seem to be falling apart a little bit so it'll be uh, NFC the NFC race is going to be very interesting to see cuz you're going to have some teams on that wild card line um that are going to sneak into the playoffs that can I think could could do some damage. Um, you know, so the Cardinals are going to be a wild card team. Uh, potentially, the 49ers are going to be a wild card team. I think they have to win, and they're in. Um, which I think they play the Seahawks, uh, which Seahawks have swooned big time this season. Um, so NFC will be an int- is going to be a lot more wide open, I think, than the AFC. I think AFC. I think you're it's Tennessee, Kansas City. You know, potentially New England. New England and Cincinnati are intriguing, but both of them ha- are inexperienced as far as, and and that sounds weird to say New England's inexperienced as far as playoffs, but it's not Tom Brady quarterbacking the team right now. They still got Belichick, but the players on the field don't have the experience to uh, with a deep run in the playoffs. So... Um, New England and Cincinnati are going to be kind of the intriguing dark horse teams, but I still think right now it's probably going to come down to Tennessee, Kansas City, and the AFC. NFC, Green Bay just on paper looks like the favorite. I'm still not sold on them. I still I'm liking the Rams, but I th- it, it's it's good. The NFC is going to be fun to watch. I think bottom line. So. Um, I don't know uh, if these games are going to be meaningful today um, for really much of anything other than I maybe momentum um, because both teams are going to need help. Uh, Kansas City is going to need help to get the one seed. The Cowboys, I mean, I think the one seed is out the door. It's really more of do you want to be two seed, three seed, four seed. You could see a rematch next weekend, wild card weekend, of uh, Cowboys-Cardinals, which that – I don't know. That could be a little bit bad for the Cowboys, I think. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to watch what ends up happening there. Um, you know, I'm. I don't know if I like this moving games to Saturday, and expanding the playoff schedule or expanding the regular season schedule. I don't know. We'll see. All right, we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and when I come back, I'm gonna answer. I've only got one listener question to answer today, but we're gonna answer it here on the. Chris Carpenter show and welcome back to the Chris Carpenter show just quick update early on it is two to nothing tech um by the way tech oh and now it's four nothing uh by the way I do not like these uniforms they're wearing today they look too much like the Pat Knight years so not a fan tech but that's okay 
Um, play hard. So 4 nothing right now. Um, also, Oklahoma State is currently beating Texas with like two minutes to go. Um, I guess I need to apologize for all, everything I said about Oklahoma State quitting on the season. Um, clearly, they, they didn't quit for country club Judas Beard, baby. So come on, Oklahoma State. Get it done, please. Um, anyway, so let's, uh, let's talk uh, listener questions. Um, only one came in this week. And again, if you want to ask questions of me, you need to follow me on Twitter. Um, the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter show is at the C Carp show. And I usually post a few hours before I record, um, you know, a tweet about if you want to ask questions, reply to the tweet. So we had one question come in today, and this was from Alan, and he is wanting me to rank how I think the Big 12 basketball uh, teams will end up. So good question. Um, I think it's very clear, uh, hands down, the best basketball conference in college basketball, again, is the Big 12. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, you just top to bottom. This is a very solid conference. I think number one. Oh, by the way, 11-point lead, Oklahoma State, almost a minute left. Come on, Cowboys! <laughs> Don Haskins and Mr. Iba would be proud of you. Keep it up. So um, I will revel a lot if the Shorthorns lose to Oklahoma State. <laughs> hey, nobody respects Oklahoma State like Chris Beard, everybody. Texas students. Chris Beard, he, he he respects Oklahoma State, so <laughs> that's my best that's my best uh, country club Judas Beard impression. All right, so anyway, let me get back to um, what I was saying. I think, um, and you know, hopefully Tech can pull it out. It's it's early still, and K, uh, KU just nailed a three, and they got a, looks like they're going to get a four point play. So that was a bit of a disaster, um, but I think. I think number one is Kansas. Um, you know, again, they've won how many straight Big 12 championships? I know they're, the streak got broken in 2019 uh, with uh, Tech was part of that break, breaking of the streak. But, you know, I think the default, unless otherwise um, noted, is Kansas, I think, will be uh, is probably the best team in the Big 12. Um, now, now it's 5-4, to four, so – uh, Kansas early on right now. So come on guys. So I would say number one is Kansas. Number two to me is Baylor. Um, you know, defending national champion and they've looked very strong, uh, this season. Um, I have not watched, I've watched clips of them. Haven't watched a full game of Baylor. Um, so I'll watch them this week when tech plays them should be a, Hopefully it's a good matchup for Tech and they can play well. We'll see. Um, so I, th I would definitely say number two is Baylor. Number three, I, I think, is Iowa State. Um, Iowa State has looked very good so far. I think, by the way, I think that says a lot about Tech, the way that they played. Score, baby! Good job, Adonis Arms. So it is now 8-5. to five. Get on a Mark Adams. I think the refs are trying to cheat. Who knows? Sorry, you're getting my play-by-play -play here. So I would say number three is Iowa State. Number four, this is where it gets interesting. I think Tech is number four um, right now. And they were picked to finish fourth. 
Um, certainly, you know, they're going to, their 0-1 could, you know, I think could very well start 0-3. Hopefully not. I mean, if they, I mean, 6-5 to right now, come on. Um, you know, if they can somehow hang on and get themselves to 1-1, and that'll help. But I, I, st- I still think Tech is number four. And I think they're number four even if TJ Shannon is out um, for, a wh- for a while longer. Um, but I think that also points to the fact that if they can get TJ Shannon back, this team could, I mean, they could roll off a bunch of wins in the Big 12 very easily. Um, so I would say number four is Tech. Number five, I think, is Texas. Again, Texas is 2-0 and right now. But, and well, I think they're about to be two and one, but they're, I just, I don't, I'm not sold on them being strong. Oh, by the way, 13 point lead now for Oklahoma State. Get it, Stillwater. Come on. Um, but I would say number five is Texas, and they're still not in the real good shape right now. They're kind of free falling. There's apparently all sorts of locker room issues, rumors of people entering the transfer portal. They've got some problems that they're going to have to address. Um, so I would say number five is Texas, but I think hot on the heels. I think, uh, by the way, I think you've got a little bit of a tier. One one through three, really one and two. Kansas and Baylor, I think they're pretty high up there. I think, you know, then you've got Iowa State. I still think they're, they're solidly at a three, but I certainly could see, um, you know, some teams upsetting them. So three, four, and five, we've talked about six, I think, is West Virginia. But I think certainly West Virginia could get themselves up to the fourth spot. Um, You know, they're always a tough out. And it's official, by the way. Oklahoma State beat those Longhorns. Horns down, horns down, horns down. Thank you, Oklahoma State. Wave it all the way. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting really distracted easily but let's get back to alan's question i apologize to alan who asked this question it's just i get excited when when uh, texas loses um but so anyway i would say west virginia is number six um but again i think those i think that four five and six they could potentially be very interchangeable um number seven to me is probably um what um West Virginia. Uh, number seven, probably to me, is Oklahoma's uh, Oklahoma. Um, you know, Oklahoma. It just you know they 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 bubble to the top every year. They'll have like a sensational player come in. You know, Blake Griffin. You know, um, Trey Young. I I blank. I was about to say Rayford Young. He played. That was his dad. He played for Tech. But um, you know, they had Trey Young a few years ago. Um, I but I think they're most most of the time like a middling. Um, Big 12 type team. I, I would put them at seven, but I mean, they could bubble up to, uh, you know, higher than that. Um, maybe, maybe to that four or five line. Um, and then number eight, I would probably, mm, eight, I would put Oklahoma State. Uh, there's still some talent on that team, but, um, I, th- I, I think them not getting to go to the tournament this year is going to be rough. Uh, I, I think that you're going to have some mental checkouts. Hopefully they mentally check out against Tech. Um, they didn't mentally check out today against UT, obviously. Um, and then number nine, TCU. Again, until they prove me wrong, uh, TCU, uh, they're bottom of the barrel. 
And I think honestly, nine and 10 could be interchangeable. Um, but I would put probably K state at number 10. Um, I think as far as tiers one and two, I think Kansas and Baylor, I think they're, they're a tier. Um, I think Iowa state, Iowa state still, still to me is a bit of a mystery. Um, you know, but I, I would still put them kind of solidly at that three line. And then I think four, five, six, and seven. So we're talking Tech, Texas, um, West Virginia, Oklahoma. I think those those could be interchangeable, but I I do think Tech can finish solidly in fourth. Um, and then Texas, and, <laughs> they may be lucky to finish in fifth the way it's headed. Um, but I think they finish in fifth, sixth place, I think is going to be West Virginia, seventh, Oklahoma. And then I think eight, nine, 10, um, you know, Oklahoma state TCU and, and, uh, K state. So that's kind of where I see them finishing. Um, you know, again, this is a very tough conference, you know, Kansas state, I think they're the worst team in the big 12, but I think you put them in other conferences, they'd be middle of the pack. And I'm talking power five conferences, um, I'm not talking about, you know, putting them in Conference USA. I'm talking about talking about you put them in the ACC, you put them in the, you know, SEC, they could be a middle of the road team. Um, so this is a very it's it's going to be it's going to be a battle every night in the Big 12. So I I one thing I forgot to do and, and we'll take our commercial and then come back for tip of the week. Um, I forgot to give a huge kudos to the Lady Raiders. Um, Lady Raiders Wednesday night, they went in and they defeated number nine UT Shorthorns in Austin. And UT's coach Vic Schaefer, he has been acting like a big baby. And our coach Krista Gerlich isn't backing down. So um, you know that's fun, and they're going to have to come back in. But great win. Um, I I really root for the Lady Raiders to get better. Um, you know, we had that disastrous situation with the previous coach. I mean, she was an idiot and, you know, good riddance to her. Um, but, we, you know, we brought in Krista Gerlich and, you know, Krista Gerlich, she was on that 93 national champions uh, team with the Cheryl Swoops. And um, she's, you know, she's Lady Raider royalty. And I would love to get her, uh, get it to turn it around because, you know, my, my first tech basketball game wasn't a men's game. It was the Lady Raiders. I went and saw them play uh, Baylor, and it was sold out. I'd never seen that for a, a girls' basketball game before. And, you know, even in the early 2000s when Bob Knight was coaching at Tech, the Lady Raiders were outselling the men. And so and there's a lot of talent in this in West Texas area with the girls' basketball. I mean, you look and see LCU back-to-back national champions. They've won three uh, national champions chips in five years. Wayland is always strong in basketball. WT is always strong in basketball. So there's a lot of uh, uh, women's basketball talent here. And, you know, I think if, if, you know, I think Krista Gerlich can ride the ship, you know, the Lady Raiders certainly can be, you know, back in that conversation and, uh, you know, really good win on Wednesday night for them. So kudos to them. Uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead and take the break and we'll come back for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter show. Um, score update right now. It is 12 to 10 tech, 1343 left. 
they're they're playing solid right now. Uh, keep it up, guys. And again, defense travels, rebounds travel. We just gotta take better shots, Bryson. That was not a good shot you just took. Um, so anyway, see, you just never know what you're gonna get with the Chris Carpenter Show podcast. Um, you know, you're gonna even get live commentary on uh, tech basketball games. So anyway, it is now time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And my tip of the week is going to be food-related this week. And I'm going to give you a fun recipe, uh, fun, quick, easy recipe for those of you that uh, have a hard time, hard time finding time to cook lavish and uh, long meals that take a long time. And that is something I like to cook a lot. It's called crock-pot lasagna. I love cooking out of the crock-pot. I do it all the time. Um, I discovered this recipe is probably about seven or eight years ago. And very easy to make. I made it for my mom, um, you know, several years ago. And then now she makes it uh, for herself and and for my aunt uh, when they have dinner. So, uh, but very easy to make. It's just basically beef. You you brown beef, put, uh, I use spaghetti sauce. So you make spaghetti meat sauce. And then um, you put, you layer that with some lasagna noodles and then you combine some, you can use ricotta cheese. I usually use cottage cheese, um, but you can use either or. You combine either ricotta cheese or cottage cheese with some mozzarella cheese. I usually use one, uh, one to two packets of the shredded mozzarella cheese and then one container of, of uh, cottage or ricotta cheese. And you layer that three times. So meat, noodles, cheese, and you do that three times. You cook it on low for four hours, and then you've got yourself a lasagna and a pretty easy to make lasagna. So, um, you know, great recipe. Um, Definitely a recommend. It's a very easy one, especially during the work week. But uh, definitely recommend having that. Uh, I would definitely recommend getting yourself either a, a crock pot or, you know, I know a lot of people have Instapots. Get one of those. I don't know as much about those, um, but heard good things about him as well. But anyway, that is my Chris Carpenter tip of the week. All right. Uh, hope everybody has a great rest of the week. Um, I'll be back with you next Saturday and hopefully we're talking some tech wins. We'll see. All right. Have, I hope everybody has a great week and I will see you next week on the Chris Carpenter show.